highly skilled sales professional that understands that sales is just the ability to ask a series of questions that naturally, naturally, and automatically lead you and the prospect to a mutually desired end result, that person understands words matter. Words really, really matter in this business. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Okay, Rockstar Nation, I have a special treat for you. I have Mr. Tom Ferry. Tom runs the number one real estate training company in the real estate agent arena. He's also the New York Times bestselling author of Life by Design, an excellent book. If you haven't read it, go out and get it. And And I'm excited to talk to Tom today. Uh, we're going to talk about goal setting and all kinds of meat and potatoes. So, Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, Pat, thank you so much, and I appreciate that kind introduction. And I like the fact that you call your, uh, your group here the Rockstar Nation. I love that. So thanks. You're welcome. Uh, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you better? Sure. So uh, the the short version is, uh, you know, born and raised on, some people are born and raised on milk and cookies. I was raised on Earl Nightingale, Brian Tracy, uh, you know, Mike Ferry, my dad, really on, you know, how do you become more successful? How do you take, you know, the, the cards that are dealt to you and then do the best you can with it? So whether that was, you know, me as a young kid learning how to sell early on at, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old, or today, you know, running a, a large company with about 90 employees and 55 coaches. At the, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, being inspired. It's about inspiring clients and inspiring my own team members to do it better, to serve more customers. And as you said with my book, ultimately to do it by design. So that's what I'm all about. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we're going to do it by design today. We're going to help our listeners, our rock star nation, design the best year ever as far as real estate commissions and real estate sales 2015. I know we've got five major steps that you recommend to all your coaching clients, and, and we're going to give that to them free today. So let's dive right into it, Tom. What is the first step in planning a dynamite 2015? So the, the very first part of your business plan, it, you know, beyond, I'm going to say, Pat, beyond the what's your vision, what's your mission, what are your values. So let's add a sixth step, Pat. Let, let's assume that maybe they haven't taken the time to do that. In working over the last 26 years in this space, 20 years as a coach, someone that's completed about 22,000 hours of private coaching sessions, I can tell you that there's two kinds of agents. There's agents that plan and there's agents that don't. The agents that plan simply sell more homes, do it in less time, have a little less stress, have a lot more time off, and have profitability at the end of the year versus you and I both know today in real estate, the National Association of Realtors says that every five years, that group of agents that started five years ago, 87% of them leave the industry. And they leave the industry not because they made a fortune. They leave the industry because they failed at the entrepreneurial game of being in real estate. 
I believe that all starts with a plan. So the first, the first thing I say to people is, what's your vision? So specifically, five years from now, your business is operating exactly how you want it to be. What does it look like? So what does it look like? Get clear on the vision for your business. Do you want to do X number of transactions? Do you want to have X market share? Do you want to have X revenue? Do you want to have, uh, you know, what impact do you want to be making in your community? Do you want to be the most recognizable agent? Um, one of my clients today is working on being the number one agent in the world. Um, I've coached now two people that have been in that position per the Wall Street Journal. So you've got to get clear on that vision, right? Where are you going? What is your North Star? But the second part of that is then what's your mission? And the mission is what's your purpose? Why are you in business? Why are you doing what you're doing? So this is where you get a little more tactical. You know, we're in the business of helping buyers and sellers do X, or you know, we're in the business of helping people that want to lease properties do Y, or you know, how many investors, et cetera, et cetera. So you get clear on the mission. And then the last one is what do you value? And this is critical. Um, you know, my mentor, a guy named Mike Vance, who worked side by side with Walt Disney the last you know ten years of Walt's life. He was a mentor to Steve Jobs. He mentored Jack Welch. I sat down with him one day and I said, "What do all these people have in common?" And he said, "You know, they were all super clear." And I wrote about this, Pat. You read it in the book about these five questions. With one of the big questions being, "What do you value? What are your values?" And I remember asking him, you know, why is that so important? And his response was, when you're an entrepreneur, when you're a real estate professional, when you're building your business, you're, you're having tens of things thrown at you every single day. And, and if you don't have your values solidified, if you don't know what it is that you value, your process for making decisions becomes more gut or reactionary versus Tom just mentioned, you know, boomtown ROI. Does that match my values, yes or no? You know, Tom just said, contextually is a great CRM if you want to organize your database. Does that match my values, yes or no? So you get your vision clear, get your mission clear, your purpose, and then what it is that you value or value most in this business. So now you know exactly where you're going, you know why you do it, and you've got a process to make decisions. So I know that wasn't on my original list, Pat, but I thought I should throw that out there, especially knowing you deal with the rock star nation. So these men and women understand when those three things are in place, then when you follow the five steps of, your, of the, the business planning process, they're going to be way ahead of everybody else. Right. So should we talk about number one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let, let's just say that's number one. Let's make six of them. So number one would be Perfect. would would be defining your mission, vision, and values. And and I would just say what you ought to do. This is personally what I do is is you write out if it's for next year. Today is December thirty first, two thousand and fifteen. I am x years old one year older than you are today or whatever and or two years Love older it. actually and this is what my life looks like i have you know this i have a staff of this much i'm selling this many houses i rank here at my company these are my values i've maintained them and and that becomes your whole vision so step one is write that out get a journal and write out exactly what tom just said as if it exists today, and today is December 31st, 2015. Okay, number two. So number two is inside the planning process is to identify what already works in your business. So, so let's talk specifically, for example, lead generation. I would ask you to break down every transaction that you've done this year and go through the list and ask yourself, 
you know, okay, did this come from a past client? Was this a past client referral? Was this someone directly in my sphere? Or was this someone that I know who referred me someone else? Did this come from an open house? Was this a Zillow lead? Was this um, a relocation buyer? Was this a open house? And, and what happens, Pat, and you've seen this before, is the mistake that agents make is they overly romanticize about where their business comes from. And then when you break it down transaction by transaction, you discover that they weren't as myopic as, as I thought or you thought or they thought. Instead, they were a little more diverse. Yeah. So what I ask people to do they is They always say 90% identify, of my business is referrals or 100% and they're always, and it's and, only like 40%. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're always, you know, they romanticize about it. Exactly. Now, I'm not calling them liars. I'm just saying they romanticize about it too much instead of saying, wait a minute, I got seven transactions last year from open houses. So the first thing is identify what works. And then the second thing is look for ways to squeeze the lemon more. What are the levers mm. to get more business from each one of those sources? It's called ephemeralization, right? How do I um, get more with spending less or doing less. So we ask all of our clients to say, all right, so I've got, for example, business coming from Zillow. What do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? What do I need to start doing? And what do I need to stop doing, as an example? And you literally go through each one of the ways that you generate business and do that more of, less of, start and stop. And what you're going to find is most people are leaving more transactions more customers, more revenue on the table than they're actually picking up because they're not real clear on where their business comes from and then what are the campaigns? You know, what do I need to be doing more of? What more marketing can I be doing? More contacts, etc., to really squeeze that lemon and maximize it. So the first part is, you know, again, identify what works and then go deeper, right? Go deeper with each one of them. But the big thing I'm seeing today, the the, the big shift, if you will, with you know, top producing teams that we coach, top producing agents we coach, and, and smart, you know, smart agents that are just on their way are all saying, what can I delegate? What can I outsource? What can I, you know, either hire someone else to do, whether it's a virtual assistant, someone in the Philippines, which I'm sure you've talked about, or Pat, companies like geographicfarm.com, where they'll basically do all your geographic farming mailing for you. So you can essentially set it and forget it. Um, the mistake that so many agents make is, and we're going to get into this in a minute, is they're always having to think about what they should do next versus identify what works and then do the next step, which we're going to get into, which is developing the plan. So, yeah. so number one, vision, mission, values. Number two, identify where every transaction came from and then how can I get more from each one of those? That would be number two. Identify what works and squeeze that lemon. I love it. Okay, let's jump in. What's number three? So, so number three, when you're growing your business, right? And, and I, always, I always look at like a bell curve. I have a really good friend of mine who sold his hedge fund recently to Credit Suisse. And, and part of it, Pat, was the fact that this guy, even though he had a very small, small sort of family fund, um, he was generating 20 plus percent returns mm. for 11 straight years. Wow. So, you know, an extraordinary track record. And, you know, Credit Suisse today is now saying, here's a billion, here's another billion, you know, keep up the good work. I sat down with him one day, we were in Laguna Beach, California, you know, playing on the beach with our kids. And in the sand, he drew this bell curve. And he said, at the very bottom left, you've got startups. 
he said, and a startup needs to be treated a certain way if you're making an investment, versus on the way up towards the top of the bell, you've got the growth phase of a business, right? Companies that are in growth mode. At the very top, you've got the cash cows. We would think of them like Apple, right, as an example, or even like a real G as a brand. Okay. Um, but then on the way down the bell, he said, I always look at who are the fading winners. Mm. And as soon as he said that, Pat, I thought, wow, that's, you know, that's, that could be 60 or 70% of every real estate professional that's more than five years in the business. Yeah. And I wrote down, I remember, I remember writing down, these are wonderful people. They're phenomenal negotiators. They are incredible at customer service. They care immensely. But their mistake was they, they forgot that the real estate business is like every other business on the planet. If you're not generating enough customers, if you're not generating enough leads, then you know, you're in trouble, right? You become that fading winner. And then the last one he said was restructuring. And I, of course, immediately said, oh, that would be like the former REO broker mm. who now has to restructure and get back into retail. So when you look at that startup growth, cash cow, fading winner, and restructure, it really demonstrates the five different areas of real estate agents today. Startup. Under five years in the business, 87% fail. Why? They don't understand lead generation. They don't run it like a business. The people that are cash cows, they've absolutely figured it out. They're at the top of their game. They're running businesses. And, and those men and women, it doesn't matter what they were doing, whether it was selling real estate, selling cars, selling software, you know, selling sandwiches, they were going to be cash cows. That's just who they are. The big addressable market that needs to, you know, probably why you and I exist is those fading winners out there, those good people that need to recommit to growth. And it's the same thing with the restructure. So I, I share all of that because the number three part of your business plan is to identify where should you be growing? Where, you know, what's the total addressable market, the TAM, right? What's the total addressable market? And what I ask people to consider is the following. First, who are you? What's your skill set? And what do you want? So who are you? You know, do you, do you like the hunt, right? Or are you a little more passive in your approach? There's no right or wrong in either one of those, but it's certainly going to determine what type of lead generation you go after. Then I would ask you what's going on inside your market. You know, are listings harder to come by or are listings in abundance? Because that's also going to alter how we market. Should I be more listing attraction oriented or more buyer oriented? Am I looking for the obvious market or what I would call the non-market? So you start answering these questions, and it basically leads you down to the path of two things. And I know this is kind of a long answer, but, you know, Pat, this is so much of the game today. What, what causes, um, you know, average producers to become amazing producers is more leads, right? It's more opportunities, more at-bats. So, so we say, and, and again, we say, after doing lots of research, lots of surveys, what we know is agents that are struggling to make the money that they want, they're dabblers, and they've got one to three ways they generate clients, one to three ways that they attract customers. So they've got a database, but it's not organized. They do some open houses, but they're completely not planned out. They're just, you know, random Friday, what else am I going to do this weekend? How about an open house? And, and they occasionally throw money at vehicles trying to figure out how to get leads. So they're dabblers versus the good agents out there have four to six ways that they generate clients. So just, you know, like I, I have two boys, if I was going to take them fishing, the thought is more lines in the water is better than one line in the water. You know, and if we're fishing where the fish are, that's even better. More lines, more opportunities, <laughs> more catches, right? It's, it's kind of common sense, but yeah. in real estate, 
agents so overly romanticize about, I only want to work referrals or, you know, right. like it's, it, I mean, I get it in theory, but it's, it's not very smart. You with me? It's very myopic. So again, the very best agents have 10 plus ways they generate clients. 10 plus ways they generate clients. Number 16 on the Wall Street Journal top 1,000 agents um, this last year is a guy named Tim Smith. He's been a longtime client of ours for six years. Started with us six years ago and coal banker agent, Southern California, Pat. Nice guy, young, ambitious, enthusiastic, but he had like three ways he generated clients. He did some open houses now and then, had his database, which was kind of hosh posh, not really organized, and, and you know, was willing to do like direct mail like around listings and sales. So we took him from 18 sales to 53 sales in one year by organizing the first three, exactly like I said, you know, identify what works and do it better. And then we added four new sources of business. So you got to go back to your market and say, should I be doing geographic farming as an example? Or should I be doing mega open houses? Should I put out 30 signs versus the two or three that the traditional agent does? Should I do more direct mail? Should I go after old expireds or new expireds? Should I go after Zillow make me moves or for sale by owners? Now, I'm not attached to any one of those. Those are all very listing oriented, obviously. But Pat, again, if you're a listing agent and you want listings, those are all opportunities that you should be addressing. So we say those are the traditional ones where the technology, and by the way, there's a list of like 15 of these, but I'm being mindful of time. On the online side, I say, look, there's, there's three things that, for the most part, all of our clients are doing. One, they're controlling the footprint on Zillow, Trulia, and Realtor, right? So controlling as much as they can in each one of those online spaces. And Pat, you hear the same thing I hear. Well, I don't like those companies. And my response is, who cares? 82 million people went to Zillow last month. Mm. Is that more than your website? <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and that's the response I get. And then I say, stop romanticizing about how your business is done and start romanticizing about how many more customers you can serve. Right, right. So essentially what, you're, about that. Yeah, essentially what you're saying is let's just say, let's take the number seven, the lucky seven. Take seven sources, seven categories yep. of business. Love it. And yep. – and say those are ones, and they can be, going back to your earlier point, ones that you're passionate about. Maybe which of these seven ones would I be good at? And yep. then, and then uh, put those on your list of I'm going to delve into those in 2015. Bingo. Bingo. Yep. But, but it's deeper than that. So online, Zilla Realtor Trulia cannot say enough about a company called Boomtown ROI. Got to have a team to do it. You don't want to be a single agent because you're talking about you know, hundreds of leads being generated every single month. And then, Pat, I'm sure you've been hearing about it because, I mean, we've been talking about it for the last two and a half years because personally, we do it every day in our own business, and that's Facebook ads. Facebook ads, what, what used to be you know, called dark posts, which are now just ads that go down the middle of people's you know, news on Facebook are absolutely crushing it. Ads that say things like, um, you know, Home values in Baltimore up 7%. Curious about the value of your home? Click here, and you go to that page, and it looks not unlike just a, you know, like a Zillow, just a you know, Google bubble that says you know, the same exact headline, home values up 17%. Type in your address here for a free home valuation. Those two-step conversion pages today are crushing it, crushing it for our agents. And they're spending a dollar a day, you know, $5 a day, 
And, and you know with Facebook, you can target specific zip codes, you can target specific communities, you can target specific languages, you can target specific, you know, how much money they earn. It's extraordinary what could be done. So that's a huge one, Boomtown ROI and Zilla Realtor Trulia. But after you look at all of those, my little, my little three B for you would be, Pat, you got to take and develop a marketing plan. And, and this is what I tell agents every day. If you want to absolutely crush it, stop running your business like you're in Vegas holding, you know, <laughs> two dice and trying to <laughs> roll a seven every time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's business suicide. Like you and I both know we write our plans and it's as if it's like the visual of you running, you know, and you could see the finish line, right? The plan is crystal clear. You know what you have to do. You know when you got to do it. But, but you're going to stumble and fall along the way, and deals are going to fall apart, and life's going to happen. I mean, it's just it's the human experience. So I say take month by month, quarter by quarter for the year, take the five, seven most important lead generation vehicles for your business, and decide in advance what mailers are going out, what calls are going out, what emails are going to happen, what flyers, what Facebook posts. Decide in advance everything for the year. And if you can pull it off, delegate that to somebody else on your team. Hire a marketing assistant who works three hours a week on your business, you know, maybe a full day a week, and all they do is execute the marketing plan. When that happens, Pat, everybody's production goes through the roof. It's automatic. So that would be number three. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their, pro their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I want to sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for $220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents, it's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. That's that's awesome. That that's really good. And you and you have mentioned a ton of meat and potatoes. I'm going to sidetrack for a second because you mentioned one, and I know what it is simply because I watched your uh, several of your videos before this call. And there's something that Zillow is doing now called Make Me Move, which is where people put pictures of their house on, uh, on Zillow with the fancy furniture and it's well staged yep. and everything for them. And and they say you know name a price or at this price I would sell um and it gives them some some power there so 
Take, take me through that a little bit, Tom. Tell us what you tell your coaching students to do with Zillow Make Me Moves. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me because, you know, Zillow Make Me Moves, I think, has been around now for probably, I think, probably 1,500 days if you track the, uh, the origin of the Zillow Make Me Move. And really all it was, if you remember Zillow, Zillow's purpose is to serve the consumer. Right. That's that's their their sort of governing mission is help the consumer find a great house. Right. Like that's what it's all about. So I know a lot of agents were up in arms because they looked at the Zillow Make Me Move as a potential for sale by owner. Because you know, as you said, Pat, they think, think about it like this. Right. So my wife and I sit down and we're like, hmm. Okay, we're on this site called Zillow. Let's take thirty minutes and let's fill out all the details about our house. Then let's add 15 or 20 photos, and then at the end, we're going to click a button that says, make me move, a free and easy way to tell the world what you'd be willing to sell your home for. <laughs> click. I like it. I'm, I'm going to go home and put mine in there yeah. for a couple hundred grand right? more than the appraisal. Yeah. It, well, of course, right? I mean, so, so here's what I tell people. Everyone is a seller. The question is, at what price? Right? Everybody's a seller. I mean, if you walked up and said, hey, Tom, I'll give you, to your point, $100,000 more than fair market value, I'm going to be interested. So there's always going to be a percentage of them that aren't motivated to sell today. But what you should be looking at is what was the deeper emotional trigger that caused them to say, well, you know, at that price, we would sell. So what we tell our clients is do, do basically a series of things. First, when you go on that Zillow Make Me Move, and you can just go to Zillow, and you basically, it's like the MLS. You just deselect for sale, for sale by owner, uh, for lease, you know, all the recent sold, and you find that one button that says Make Me Move, and you click that button, and you deselect everything else, and you draw a map around your office, maybe a little 15-mile radius, and boom, voila, all these Zillow Make Me Move show up. And you start clicking through, and you start looking at these houses. Well, what's fantastic is when you click on that house, it gives you the profile, it shows you the photos, they tell you about the house. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom, half the time, the seller puts their phone number in there. Mm. And then guess what you do? You call and say, hi, Pat, my name is Tom Ferry. I'm with Banana Real Estate. I saw that your property was listed on Zillow to make me move. And it's been on the market for about 14 days now. I'm just curious, how's the activity? And I, you know, I start building rapport and asking questions. And, and then I ask, gosh, I'm just curious, since I haven't seen the home and I work with a lot of buyers in the area, what would be the best time for me to come by, take a look at the house, preview the home, and see if it matches the needs of any of my customers? And at that point, if they say, well, screw you, we don't want that, or they go, gosh, my spouse did that, I think we might be getting a divorce, that creates some awkwardness. And that certainly, <laughs> you know, that stuff does happen. Um, oh, or really? I had no idea, we didn't know. And you're like, really, you had no idea? It took you 20 minutes to fill this out. You clicked the button instead of free and easy way. Like, really, you didn't know? Then you say, okay, cool. So I tried the phone call. Maybe that worked. Maybe it didn't. If it's a cell phone, you text them, you call them, right? All that good stuff. You can email them one time directly off the Zillow site. But when, what I tell people is what I recommend ultimately you do is you go knock on their door with your social proof piece, Bingo. which I hope we'll have time to get to today, your social proof piece, and you say, knock, knock, knock. Hi, my name is Tom. I saw that your home was listed for sale on Zillow. Here's a few of the properties I've sold in the area recently. Today... We have a shortage of nice homes to sell and a plethora of buyers. And I was wondering, you know, where are you in terms of selling? Are you really interested in selling your property? Could I show it to a potential buyer? Would you be willing to work with me like that? And you start engaging them face-to-face. -face. And, you know, basically one of three things happen. One-third of them, they're going to do something with you. A third just needed friends. They needed friendship, 
right? And a third should be put into your long-term drip campaign as potential sellers in the future. Think of them like, you know, pocket listings. So I'm a huge, huge fan of it. That's so cool. I love it. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. And everybody listening, all of our Rockstar listeners should put MMM as one of the seven sources uh, that you choose for step three. So we basically got step one, vision, step two, uh, squeezing the lemon, step three, let's just call it uh, uh, matching uh, seven, seven sources. Uh, what do you got for step four, Tom? So number four is know your daily number. Know your daily number. So the real key to your success and, and what we know, again, because you know, I've got an app that tracks us and we've been tracking, you know, coaching clients for a couple decades. So we're able to watch, like, for example, I knew in 2008, Pat, that it took 142 conversations to make one sale. 142 conversations in 2008 to make one sale. I knew in 2006 when internet marketing and the, you know, the sort of the next evolution of the net, social media and everything else was just beginning that, you know, you could do Craigslist posts and all these other, you know, wonky things. But it took a thousand leads online to make one sale because, you know, most of the emails were like, screw you at yahoo.com, right? Or, you know, <laughs> the number was 8675309, right? And they were yeah. messing with you. So today, we see right now our clients are at about 39.5, so just call it 40 and round it up, 40 conversations to one sale made. Wow. 40 conversations. So if somebody was on the line in the Rockstar Nation and they said to me, Tom, I want to sell 36 homes next year, I'd say, well, great. Let's times that by 40. So you got 1,440 people you need to have a real estate conversation with in the next 12 months. Wow. And then I say, by the way, no agent actually works 12 months. So let's divide that by 10 and say in 10 months. So now I've got to make 144 conversations a month. Now, remember, the beautiful thing about what we do is if you wear your company name badge, 60 or 70 people a month walk by and go, hey, you sell real estate? How's the market? And those conversations count. And people that walk into your open houses and say, is this really going to sell for 450000 bucks?" Those conversations count. And every person you meet, right, online, offline, past clients, centers of influence, friends and family, all those conversations count. So the 144 may sound overwhelming. The key is what questions you ask the things you say to those 144 people, that's what moves the needle. So even then I'd say 144 a month, most agents have a minimum of 24 a month you know, work days. So that means you've got six conversations a day. So I started this by saying number four is know your daily number. So if you said to me, I want to sell 36 homes, I'd say times that by 40, right? Which would lead you all the way down the path of knowing you've got six conversations a day. So what we know today with our clients is we say, your daily number is six. And then I say, by the way, half of them should be to the people inside your database. Half should be new. And then I would always add plus four lead follow-up. Plus four lead follow-up. So their daily number would be 334 to sell 36 homes. Now, the key though is, as I mentioned a minute ago, Beyond just knowing your daily number and scheduling what we would call your hour of power, where you're going to say, I'm going to spend that hour and I'm going to dedicate my time to contact three people on my database, to contact three new people every day, and then make my four lead follow-up calls, all those people that I met three months ago, six months ago on Zillow or at an open house or whatever else, to keep nurturing the relationship and trigger that moment where they're ready to list or buy. I'm going to do all that inside my hour of power, but it's the questions that you ask. 
See, it's, it's knowing to say like, you know, well, what price would you become a seller? Or what price are you no longer a seller? Or gosh, you know, based on what you're telling me, you want to buy a house, but your price range versus your desire doesn't seem to match. What's your plan B in case this doesn't work out? You know, the, the highly skilled sales professional that understands that sales is just the ability to ask a series of questions that naturally, naturally, and automatically lead you and the prospect to a mutually desired end result, that person understands words matter. Words really, really matter in this business. So mm. if you know what to say, Pat, your daily number actually drops if you don't right. know what to say, yeah. right? And, and you mentioned, you know, Stefan Swampool. I'm sure you, you probably, as I have, I've got all 15 years of his trend report sitting right here inside my office. I can remember in 2007 when he quoted the National Association of Realtors where they said 88% of all people that got into real estate came in with no sales and marketing skills whatsoever. Right. And I used to take that and I would I'd put it on every PowerPoint and then I added the Tom Ferry quote behind it. And most maintained it. <laughs> so I would challenge you, know your daily number, and if you're not working on improving your skills, your ability to present effectively, handle objections, be comfortable in the conversation. You're going to struggle and your numbers are going to go up. So that would be number four. That, that, that is awesome. And for uh, if, if you didn't catch that, basically it's simple as taking the amount of homes you want to sell in 2015 – multiply times 40 and divide it by the amount of days that you want to work in 2015. And that is your daily number. And that is not people you leave messages for. That is not people you email, not people you mail to. That's people that you have an engaging conversation with about buying or selling real estate. You got it. Beautiful. Okay. Number five. Thank you. The number, number five is, uh, is my favorite, right? Because, the, the mistake, we could just as easily say, Pat, the biggest mistake in real estate is uh, people, people don't course correct soon enough. So I can remember in 2005, so I'm kind of dating myself here, but I've been doing this for a long time. In 2005, saying to myself, home prices are just crazy, and this subprime thing is just not going to work out. And then I remember in 2006 saying, hmm, things are starting to slow down in some of the hottest marketplaces. Hmm, this is interesting. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to start calling all my friends at banks and ask them what's happening on their defaults. What's happening with, and, you know, because I'm relatively connected, I can get on the phone with the guys at Wells Fargo or Bank of America or Countrywide. And I started having all these conversations. And by early, uh, early 2006, it was apparent the market was shifting. By 2007, I was doing conference calls with all my coaching clients saying, let me introduce you to my friend who runs IndyMac, and he has you know, 47,000 REO assets ready to go. Mm. And we were able to course correct. Now, that's looking over a broader period of time, obviously, right? Short sales, back to retail. We knew that was coming in 2010. So if you're paying attention on a big scale over a decade, you know you've got to course correct to be relevant to the market. But what does the individual agent do when they're looking at their business plan for the year. So we say, you want to track and measure everything. And instead of doing how most agents course correct, which is at the end of the year, drunk, and, you know, happy new year, I'm going to do this differently. <laughs> yeah. Instead, you're, you're taking every aspect of your business, how many calls, how many contacts, how many leads, how many appointments, how many lists, how, list to sell ratio, time on market. You look at every aspect of your business. You track and measure 
everything. You know, are you, is your website set up on Google Analytics? So do you know how many people come to your website every month? Do you know what the bounce rate is? Do you know what the click-through rate is? Do you know it takes you a 1,000 people to generate two leads as an example, and how do we make that better? This, this lack of tracking and measuring in our industry is, I think, one of the great causes of so much failure, so much stress, so much tension, so much worry all the time in this business. So number five is track and measure, right? So get out your Excel spreadsheet and start keeping track of everything and then analyze the numbers. Now, on the flip side of that, I say to everybody, just have a daily action checklist as well. So you take your entire business plan and you roll it into this question. Based upon my goals, what activities must I do on a daily or weekly basis in order to achieve my goals naturally and automatically? So now, of course, you're going to have you know, my daily number, you know, three past client center of influence contacts, three new contacts, four lead follow-up. You're going to have maybe things like role play because you've figured out that knowing what to say really matters. You're going to have, you know, be at the office by nine, right, as an example. Then you might have, um, you know, return all emails by the end of the day. You might have work on my CRM. You might have work on my marketing plan. But all the activities that would naturally get you there. There's a, a young gal named Sandy Andrew who has retired from real estate. And, Pat, you and I both know how most people retire from real estate. They have a heart attack in the middle of the sales <laughs> meeting, and everybody says, you know, like, quick, get their leads. You know, like, can I have their headset? And it's awkward. It's terrible, right? Yeah, it Sandy is retired. True, you know, it's yeah, true. Sandy, Sandy retired in her mid-40s from real estate. And the game changer was I was, I was coaching her on this, this conversation around her business plan and why she was doing it and her vision and how much money she wanted to save and all the, all the sort of tactical things. But she had too much on her mind, too much on her plate. She was massively ADD. So we took and we basically created a, a daily action checklist, a you know, Sunday to Saturday. Let's list the items down the left, and then each day, right, check yes or X no. And the year prior, she had sold about 98 homes. The next year, she sold just shy of 200 properties. And when I asked her afterwards, you know, what was the difference? She said, the daily action checklist. She said, I, there's so much going on in real estate. There's so much minutia. She said, I just figured if I got 85% of everything on that daily action checklist done, achieving my goals would be natural. Like, like she literally had in her goal, four hours of prospecting, you know, one with me and three for my team. Then she had, you know, this many, like it was three appointments a day, three appointments booked every day, two appointments gone on every day, buyer or seller, one signed contract every day. That was on her daily action checklist. Well, imagine if you do all of that 85% of the time, your, your production is going to skyrocket. What she did is she simplified her business by tracking and measuring the most important activities and giving herself that focal point of this is what matters the most. I wrote this incredible business plan, but this is how I break it down to the daily and weekly activities, the disciplines that are ultimately going to get there. So that would be number five, track and measure and ultimately create your own daily action checklist. Yes. So, so basically take, you know, when, when you're setting your goals, figure out how you're going to keep yourself accountable to these goals, but not just in the big sense, not just in a, a big sense of I want to sell, you know, 40 houses, but in the little tiny minute sense of how many calls I want to make today, how many you know, people I want to talk to today, how many, you know, you know, whatever it is you want to do on a daily basis, figure out how you're going to keep yourself accountable to that, even if it's a simple form, uh, like you said, that uh, Sandy used. So 
By the way, it was nothing more than an Excel spreadsheet I created in like four minutes and just emailed her and said, how about this? Yeah. It could be that simple. It could be that simple. Another easy one is go buy a year-at-a-glance calendar. Go buy a year-at-a-glance calendar, and every, on every day for 2015 that you got an appointment, if it was a listing appointment, write L.A., and if it was a buyer appointment, you know, write BA and track and measure. How many appointments did you go on for the year? And then what was your conversion at the end of the month? Another one I love is you create a thermometer inside your office and you say, you know, Pat and I are committed to sell, you know, 52 properties in the calendar year 2015, and I've got 52 slots on that, on that little sliding scale big inside my office. And every time we close a deal, Tom and Kathy Ferry, their names go at the bottom of the very first slot and you fill it all the way up <laughs> by just simply tracking and measuring. It sounds so simple, but it is. It is, and most people don't do it. So by doing it, the rock star nation continues to be the rock star nation. There you go. So should we talk, should we talk number six, the yes, last one? Because this is, this is the big one. You ready? Yes. The big one is set a goal for profit. Mm. Set a goal for profit. I'm, I'm, if I told you, you know, we sit in a unique position today, Pat. We, we onboard anywhere between 100 to 125 new coaching clients a month. And, you know, so we're, we're named number one in training. And, I, you know, I think we're right there in terms of, you know, training, coaching. It's all, you know, kind of the same to most people that are creating those reports. When you're doing what we're doing on a monthly basis, half them are just calling us and half that, you know, we're marketing and doing all the things and getting referrals. And, you know, just like I mentioned to you, we have yeah. like 15 different ways that we're looking to attract clients. So we, we're, we practice what we preach. What I know is this. Most people call us and say, I made 200000 bucks last year. And we, we're going to ask them, what was your profitability? Ha, 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 is the answer. We say, well, gosh, have you paid your taxes? Oh, am I supposed to pay those? <laughs> and they, they, they giggle, right? What happens is we forget why we're in business. We forget that, that real estate, the real estate sales business, is the lowest cost, highest profit opportunity that I can think of. I, I, you know, unless you're going to start like the next Nest or Google, you know what I mean? The margins that, that men and women in real estate can make is absolutely astronomical. The mistake, though, is they don't say, here's my budget for the year. I'm going to spend no more than one-third of every dollar that comes in, and that's going to include my, you know, a portion of my taxes. And then I'm going to run my household on another one-third, mm. and that's also going to include some of my taxes. And the last one-third of every dollar I earn is profit. And I'm going to you know, probably pay a little piece of that in taxes in terms of profitability, and then the balance of that – I'm going to save, I'm going to invest, I'm going to pay down my debts, I'm going to buy more real estate. You know, I'm, going to, I'm going to set myself up to be in a position where I can retire one day from this crazy industry or drive past for sale by owners and laugh my ass off because <laughs> yeah. you don't have to stop anymore. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Right? So setting a goal for profit it sounds like it's common sense, and yet I know agents today that you know, they'll come to, oh, Tom, do you know who I am? And I'm like, oh, of course, I know who you are, and you know, congratulations on all your success. I made last year you know, a million five, and I'm like, wow, that's, that's fantastic. And, and I'm thinking to myself, how much did you net? Like, it doesn't matter what you gross, yeah, yeah. right? I, I'm like, you know, like, I know what my company did in gross revenue, but I also know exactly how much money I took out and what we paid out in profit sharing and all the things that are important to me, right? We set our intentions around serving as many customers as we, as we can, doing it better, doing it by design, and doing it for a profit. Yeah. 
My, right? my, my I'm favorite. Not, I'm not Mother Teresa, man. I'm not Mother <laughs> Teresa. I love her and respect her, you know, but I want to make money. And I, and I really try and emphasize that to all of our clients. Yeah, th- I mean, this is America. It's not Russia. You know, we're, you're, you're, you are expected to make money, make profit. That's what we do, you know. That's the, that's the whole reason why we work so hard in real estate and, and get our asses handed to us on a daily basis. Uh, it's hard work, but and, and we deserve to make profit and make money. And it's funny. It's funny. You're right. There's so many agents out there that are like, you know, I'm the number one agent or I made three million gross or whatever. And then you ask them their net and they either don't know or they just make something up or they lie about it. And uh, if you were to ask them for their tax yeah. returns or ask them a tax related yeah. question, they'd say, oh, well, um, you know, I write off a lot of stuff. Well, at the end of the day, between you and me, Tom, if, even if you're yeah. even if you're writing off all your personal expenses, 100% like your clothes and your groceries, even if you're writing off all of that, what is that going to give you? An extra maybe 100 grand or so? I mean, I mean of write-offs, you're still it still doesn't make any sense when they when they when they when they they don't have a profit. Yeah, there, yeah. There's no profit. I mean, it's just crazy. So uh, yeah. But any but anyways, and, and Pat, I love it's, that. it's so easily fixable. It's so easily fixed. Just set a goal. Set a goal. I want to operate at a third of third to third i love and, and you know track and measure track and measure track and measure see how close you can be to it but overpaying i'm mindful that i pay taxes to live in the greatest country on the planet right right so i'm okay with it yeah i love that then the check so that's great tom so so a third a third and a third i mean i love it i love it it's 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 how how it should be and and you should be taking that third and make and letting that third make money for you by investing in real estate or investing in things that that pay you cash flow or or whatever and and I think that's where most agents go wrong is they're just terrible savers and uh you just need to save you need to set goals that uh, surround saving and investing rather than setting goals that surround uh your next car your new watch and that sort of thing so uh, I, I love your plan. I love your plan. I love the six steps. To paraphrase them all, you got uh, the the mission, vision, values, the the forecasting, uh, squeezing the lemon, identifying what's working, and squeezing the lemon. You got uh, matching seven sources, finding seven or more sources. Like you have fifteen. I love that. Um, knowing your daily number, tracking and measuring, and then setting a goal for profit. This is this is beautiful, Tom. Well, I have to tell you, we've done over a hundred uh, interviews, and this is by far one of the best and one of the ones that is going to make a difference in our rock star nation's lives and how they plan next year and how many houses they sell next year everything that tom and i talked about will be on hybendigital.com backslash tom ferry that's hybendigital.com backslash tom ferry i'm going to link up tom's books to there i'm going to link up link up all of the different companies that he mentioned, and I'm going to link up his uh, some of his goal setting uh, materials that he shares and that sort of thing with that as well. So, Tom, thanks so much for being on the show today. You got it, Pat. It's uh, it's my pleasure. I mean, listen, my mission is to inspire our clients and our team to do it better, to serve more clients, and do it by design. So, you know, we're honored to to take this time and to talk to the Rockstar Nation, and you know, thank you for your kind words. I would I would just say to many of the people out there. You know, listen, if you need some help, 
call us, email us, go to my website, tomferry.com and, you know, book a, book a coaching session with us and let's see if we can ease some of the pain you don't need to be in and help you get inspired and ultimately go out and reach your real potential, which is what a coach does every single day. So Pat, you know, we'd be honored to help everybody in Rockstar Nation do that. So thank you for the time and I'll send you over all that stuff and you can post it up on your website and give it to everybody for free and let's get them out there planning to make 2015 their best year ever. Absolutely. Thanks, Tom. Have a great day, buddy. Take care, pal. Bye-bye. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, We've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate, how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.